Hello and welcome back to another episode of Going Through the Motions with me, Callum. And me, Alex. How's it going, guys? The podcasting equivalent of toothache during lockdown. It's not happened yet, but I can start to feel it again. Do you remember Remember, I had the slight swelling in my mouth a couple of months back? Ish. Mm, it's, uh, <laughs> it's coming back. And I can feel it very slowly. In fact, one of my co- one of my colleagues, my boss, she she has had something very similar, and she's gone through the same pain medication that I did not a couple of months ago. And there's me saying, "Yes, it's not pleasant. It's really horrible. You need these um, paracetamols, and you can't drink on them." And and uh, and then, of course, I've woken up this morning and I've went, "Oh, I think it's coming back for me too." Yeah. Ugh. No, it, it's a it's a yeah, it's a real concern. Something something's going to happen because. Do you know what? I'm going to describe a situation, and I'm not saying this this is me, but I'm not saying it's not. Oh, is this me you? I- is it? But I'm not. I'm not saying it's not me either. Um, the fact that we're not not leaving our house. Do you, are, are you finding the the whole uh, oral uh, oral hygiene going down down the toilet? No, I've not. Oh I'm God! Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm br- brushing my brushing my teeth, but like it's at different times of the day. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. It's at different uh, times of the day because you know when you have to when you have to leave the the flat in the morning to go to work and all that. You, you're always brushing it at the same time of day, and you're always brushing it at the same time of day when you when you go to bed as well. But like, yeah. it just the schedules change. So you just I find little pockets of the day where I, I'm actually thinking to myself, "Oh, <laughs> I need to go. To I need to go and brush my teeth." teeth. No, that's fair. I know. I, I know what you mean by that. I thought you meant. Nah, I've just stopped doing it, mate. I've, I've just stopped doing it. <laughs> I've just stopped it. <laughs> Why bother? It's just that me. Ex- exactly. It's just me. I don't have to impress anybody with my lovely teeth and horrible breath. Yeah. My, I've got family members who are in the dentistry trade, and they currently cannot use drills at the moment because of, you know, when you drill someone's teeth, you're going to get sprayed with spit particles and tooth particles, which yeah. I'd never considered until now. And I went, God, that is horrible if you think about it. Well, that's nothing that... It's, it's nothing that a good old hazmat suit won't fix. Well, exactly. But they're not allowed to do that. So they're only allowed, uh, dent, dent, uh, dental professionals are only currently allowed to prescribe pain. Uh, pain, not prescribe pain. Well, they've Pre- been doing prescribe that for pain. I thought they did that anyway. Exactly. They do that, they do that <laughs> free of charge. <laughs> they will, just, a, just a kick in the teeth. <laughs> no, they're, they're painkiller. So they, they, they can, they can, they're only able to reduce pain anyway that's that's the boring point on the dentistry the hair product thing is far more jarring in that this weekend i'm gonna break this weekend you're gonna break yeah are you going to break for the haircut or the beard trim because i am enjoying the beard yeah i am too but it's it's gone on too long i um i in my personal life i've 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 got a reason to actually tidy myself up because i'm going to appear on camera at some point soon to uh uh to 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 some people who i need to be presented well to it might even might even be a suit or a tie take from my goodness but you'll have to dust it off exactly exactly yeah (laughs) still still doesn't fit because because i've just been because i've gained weight around my midriff and my upper body all of my all of any muscle that i may have had is gone so i'm having to lose weight just by running and running as you know it doesn't really build muscle and so slowly i've just turned into this little stick of a man I, i i really it's the lack of gym that i'm missing because and, yeah. and i wasn't a gym bunny i wasn't particularly good at the gym i just liked going to the like i i liked the point where it was the end of the day and i went right i'm gonna just drag myself to the gym throw yeah. on my gym clothes and then what i would do is i 
I would be in the gym with my gym clothes on. I would go, how did I get here? Because I've just dragged myself there mentally. And then I go, well, well now that I'm here, I may as well stay yeah, here for the absolutely. next 40 minutes. When you hour. make it, when you make it part of your routine, you end up forcing yourself, forcing yourself to do it. And then like long run, it's good. Yeah. But so I've, I've been doing something similar with the running, which is we, in our work, we're doing 5k challenges where we run five and every so often I'll go for that. And then I'll, you know, the days in between, I'll just sort of, I guess, not try and sprint it, but just go for a nice run and maybe turn it into a walk. But I've worked out that <laughs> rather than being a smart person and actually planning a route that's a sort of circle around my home, the only way that gets me actually out and keeps me out and doing physical exercise, and when I'm out there, I'll maybe do some squats or some push-ups, is if I run 5K directly away from my house. <laughs> because at that way, I've got no option but to walk back. Yeah, and, and absolutely. That's, that's what I've taken to do. That's my equivalent of forcing myself to work out in some way. That, that, is, a good, that is a good way to do it. That's a good way to get around it. But yeah, oh man. It's uh, I'm going to I'm going to cut my hair, I think. So I'm going to have to shave up the sides. Fortunately, Maddie's going to be able to help me with the hair. Um, yeah. She she said something that was would be comforting to any any man who's deciding to to hand over this pa passing the gauntlet, as it were, from from their barber to their girlfriend. She said yeah. something that, that, that really reassured me uh, when I asked on our evening walk last night. Um, so so, you know, have you thought any more about cutting my hair? Have you done a bit of research? Have you looked into maybe sort of ways in which, you know, someone who's, I guess, never cut their hair before to maybe starting to cut some, you know, medium to short hair? Have you sort of looked into it? And she sort of goes, no, but, you know, I'll probably just YouTube it before we do it. And, uh, yeah. and then, <laughs> cool. And I like to think that that's what my barber does too. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give it no. a shot. I think so. I think so. Now, I think the barber YouTubed it once five years ago and have just had, and has just applied it to every customer since. But he's, he's got he's selling his confidence. He's not just selling his shears. He's selling his confidence. Absolutely. Have I ever told you? I know we're cutting over. And we need to start. But have I ever told you the story of when I had my I've, the first time I had my hair cut by a non hair product professional was when I was working. I worked in a summer camp in America. I'm sure I've said this at some point yeah. in America. And um, it's it's one of these things where when you're at a summer camp and you're 18, you know, things like dental hygiene and hair hygiene, they just go out the window. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. just like, it's essentially lockdown. Whilst I was in the summer camp, I had not cut my hair and I needed to cut my hair because you couldn't get access to hair, right? Uh, yeah. I need to get access to a hairdresser. And I asked around a few people in the camp. I said, I said, can you cut hair? Can you cut hair? And we all heard that one of the guys in camp could and he was away. And I was, for some reason, for some reason, I was desperate to have my hair cut. I was sick of it. And I went up to this South African lad who was uh, at the camp. He was one of the counselors with us called Brad. He was a really lovely guy, but he, he had a proper can-do attitude. And when I went up to him, I says, Brad, look, mate, I'm going to level with you. I need someone to cut my hair. How do you feel about cutting hair? And I handed them the pair of safety scissors from the arts and crafts store. <laughs> nice safety scissors. The safety scissors, yeah. And he Wait, went. Does that mean they were like blunt? Blunt, horrendously. Oh my! He days. went. Oh look! Oh, give it a shot, eh? Oh, cut your hair. And so he came into my cabin, and we sat down on a stool in front of this mirror. We were there for nearly two hours. Him just meticulously cutting individual strands of hair and getting it level. He would come around. He cut both of my ears and his hands twice. It was there was a lot of blood. It was oh horrendous. my god! That it was is... the worst. It was the worst. I, I was like, 
there was a few times where I'm like, well, I've committed. I have to stay because half of my yeah. year is... Um, no, I would have as well. I would have as well. I would have made do, that decision. Do you know what, though? He did a bloody good job of it, though. <laughs> At the what? end of it... Cuts people... and all. <laughs> yeah, it was actually fine. Like, there were little cuts. In it, but he, yeah. he did a bloody good job. He did a bloody good... I, I just wanted to ask you, did you hear what the giraffe said to the elephant? No. He said, I could have sworn today was Thursday. No. Right, on with the show. <laughs> Right, do, do 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 the thing. We are a movie and movies <laughs> podcast. Do it. That's your job. Do it. Okay, we are a music and movies podcast. Each week we'll take some music and some movies and we'll just look at it and we'll just talk about it for a bit and then we'll just and then we'll just leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no week, ceremony, this... no nothing. <laughs> With, but with a lot of notes and a lot of notes in random order, I've taken to writing all my notes down when we've been doing our reports on this one little small notepad with thin little bit of, bits of paper that curls up at the end. But I've made a lot of notes for these movies, these two movies we're talking about this week, and not necessarily for the better, because these movies, there's, uh, I'm uh, happy these two, these, the, these two specifically. Yeah, these two specifically. We're, we've got a treat in store for you, everyone. Oh. Uh, I think you are up first, Alex. I am up first. And the movie I'm going to talk about today, I had so much fun re-watching this. It's been years. It's the first Superman movie in 1978. Christopher Reeve, Richard Donner, music by John Williams. Mm. Oh, it is, it's, it's a classic of its time. <laughs> you caveated that sentence beautifully. Oh, did I? I think this film was a classic of the 70s. Yeah. And no more. It's dated, isn't it? I'm I'm going to I'm going to say something that might not shock you, mate. Yeah. Right, so so you're you're starting from 10 as this is a fantastic you've got such admiration for this movie and the music within it. Oh, did I did I say it's a ten? No, no, no. I'm assuming. I'm assuming. Oh, I'm, you're I'm assuming just, I'm, it's I'm a painting, ten. I'm painting. I'm painting the picture and putting it into perspective. Right. I'm starting from a zero. Oh. I hated this. I Man. hated this movie. Wow. I, I I will never get this time back. And there's a number of reasons why I hated this. With a like, I just did not like anything about this. Even that. Okay. So there's. I I I put down. I forced myself to find three redeeming parts of this movie. Okay. One of them is the music, and I'll, I'll go thank into you. It. I was like, right. If if One he doesn't say music. that the music isn't apart from everything else fantastic, then we can't be friends anymore. One, one of them is the music. I wouldn't say it's fantastic, and we'll get to, we'll we'll get to that. I'm sure when we when we get through it. But I. I finished this movie and I turned to Maddie because she was there when we were finishing it. And I said, I'm never going to get that time back. I'm never going to. And here's the thing. Yeah. I, anyway, just keep going. Just keep going. No, no, no. Finish your point. Finish no, your point. No, 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 no. It was, it, you're not going to like it. All right. It's the, the thing with this movie is that it, it's just, a th it's just of its time, but of its time should mean that you can go back and rewatch it and, and, and enjoy it again. I'd never watched this movie before. I will never watch this movie again, and I will not watch the sequels. I, so, I, I can't. Oh, you're not going to watch Superman 2? Never. Superman 2 hyphen Neil, Bef Neil Before Zod. 
Is it? Uh, yeah, because Zod is back in it's that not, one. And it's, then... it's not. It's not called Neil before Zod, but Zod says Neil before Zod a bit too many times. Oh, does he actually? In his, in his black satin pajamas, oh. it's really quite funny. Well, it was Terence Howard that played Zod in this, and I Terrence quite... Stamp. Terence Stamp. Sorry, yeah. who I'm thinking, but he he. I've got a lot of time for him. Yeah. But then he kind of wasn't in it. Well, he wasn't Isn't... in it because they were setting a, setting up Superman 2. Of course. Wasn't Superman 4, A Quest for Peace, one of the worst films ever made? Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? I've not actually seen it. I've, okay. I've not seen 3 or 4. Do you know the funny thing is? I'm more in... I would rather watch 4. I would rather... I would, I would stick it on just to see how terrible it is. Yeah. One of them has Richard Pryor in it as okay. like radioactive man or something like that nice okay it, cool. and i kind of don't want to see it okay and i've not seen and i've not seen them can i can i say one other reason why i hated this movie yeah well hate's a strong word mate. it is a strong movie but i feel like i was robbed because i feel like this is one of these movies that everyone says it's a classic we're fooling ourselves that this is not a good movie i'm i'm gonna fight this van this is not a good movie it is a good movie of its time. If you were in 1978, this would have blown you away. But yeah. this is aged like milk, this movie. Everything wow. about it, the dialogue in it, the themes, the, 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 the story of it, it's aged so poorly. Okay. And I also, I'm just going to say this, I hate Superman. Wow. I have no, I don't like Superman. There is nothing or any about Superman. That. No. There I've never liked a Superman movie. There's nothing about Superman as a character that I find in any way endearing or in any way because he's indestructible, but I I just I can't there's nothing about his story or his background that I think that's interesting and he's conflicted because yeah. he's just not. And if and and the problem with this movie and with Superman is that if if Superman was the only superhero and this was the only superhero movie, it would be fine at best. But because it's not, and because there are better su- superheroes and supervillains, because yeah. lest we forget Lex Luthor in this, yeah. because there are there are better examples of all of these, I felt like I was wasting my time watching this. Yeah. So we're currently living in the age of superhero movies, mm. aren't we? Like, yep. if you were to look back on this time in a couple, in a few decades, that's what that's what it would be described as. Because you know, yes. you know, we, we went through a period where, where I mean, we didn't because we weren't alive, but Hollywood went through a period where it was all westerns. You know yes. how many how many westerns were made in the, from the sixties to the eighties, for example. Mm. no yeah plenty plenty like, countless so i i firmly believe we're living in the time of the superhero movie and when you judge superman by today's standards it's uh yeah it's 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 problematic at best but there's a few there's some very obvious things in superman that i think you can see why it was made and what inspired it and the first thing I want to point out with that is actually the date that it was released, or the year that it was released, in 1978. Now, why, why do you think that might be significant? I don't know. Star Wars, mate. Oh, of course. Of course. Star Wars, mate. What? Of course. I, was, I wasn't I was even thinking about that. I was thinking, right. like, what superhero? I didn't even think, I didn't even consider that. Yeah. Star Wars came out in 1977, again, scored by John Williams, and the superman was already planned at this point and 
you can tell by the opening credits what it was inspired by because the art style of like the text mm. was very clearly influenced by Star Wars. You know, the I liked the blue, the I liked, blue, I the blue writing and the kind of zooming and the sound effects and like I liked the title role and I liked the music that accompanied. I thought that was yeah, really iconic. It was very it was very classic. It was a classic overture. Again, I've I've talked about movies borrow from the structure of opera before and here john williams does it again they have you have a whole opening title crawl where you get the whole pretty much the whole cast and a lot of the production credits as well with a whole five six minute long suite Mm. which i really like which heralds superman's theme it heralds uh the love theme and the fly and the flying theme in Superman as well, and I really love hearing all those themes before the movie starts because you get a real sense of what the direction that they're going to go in. Yeah, I, well, we've chat we've chatted about overtures and and their use, and actually, we we both, I mean, we both agree that they are fantastic devices to invite you into the musical notes of a movie, and this is no exception. This was not a problem. I I did actually yeah. like this part. Yeah. This isn't one of my three, but I did right. like this. Okay, fair enough. So the next the next point I want to talk about as far oh, as like... And the... Can I just say as well, yeah, when go it on. said Richard Donner on the screen, um, it made me want a kebab. Right. And I had to fight the urge to go out and get a kebab. I mean, you <laughs> have a good kebab, p- kebab place what right in front of I, 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 I can't say kebab place very well. <laughs> a, lot of the, a lot of the cultural influences that obviously this movie borrows from happens at the beginning of the movie i think because they they really went heavy on the space theme again star wars was such a huge success at this point and they wanted to capitalize on that and so they did big grand space stuff Mm. at the beginning Mm. as opposed to really getting into superman yeah it takes a it takes a while before we even get superman but the other track i want to talk about on the soundtrack is the planet krypton which is the first which is after the opening opening credit crawl yes i know the the one you're talking about is the opening of the is the opening on the movie and you know we're flying through space and we see the red sun and we slowly but surely arrive at krypton now i love the construction of this scene and the music because it is derivative of 2001 A Space Odyssey. I did think that. How the music was, was slowly building up and then it slowly went to the next bit and then it slowly went to the next. It, it stepped up, I was I found, as it was zooming in on the dome. Yeah, so Stanley Kubrick in 2001 A Space Odyssey used a certain piece of uh, romantic classical music very, very famously in 2001 A Space Odyssey. It's also Sprach Zarfustra. Ah, by yes. Richard Strauss. Now you know this track, Callum. I do, I do. Yes, very famous, very famous piece of music because it was uh, featured in a band that we once did. Was it not? <laughs> I'm glad you remembered that. Yeah, I, um... I, I love this piece of music, I, and I, I didn't know that, and that makes a lot more sense yeah. now that I. If you that. listen to those tracks side by side, it's like when it's like when it's like in the opening scene of Star Wars, actually, when the Star Destroyer comes overhead. And you get, you know, the da 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 like those really punchy things. That 
is almost directly lifted from Holst's The Planet Suite from Mars. Mm. So John Williams has a history of not ripping off because, but they are very, very clear homages to famous classical composers and famous pieces of classical literature. And I feel like The Planet Krypton was a very, very clear homage to Richard Strauss's Alsace Sprach's Zarathustra. And as a result, because of like, you know, the cultural wave of like space interest, I feel like it was really quoting 2000, 2001 Space Odyssey. Christopher Reeve was very, very good. And in some ways you can tell that you can, you can tell that Captain America and, uh, and, and, and Chris, um, there's so many Chris, I was going to say Chris Pine. It's not Chris Pine. It's what's his, what's Chris his Evans, Chris Evans, of course. You can tell that Chris Evans has based a large part of Captain America on Chris Reeve's Superman. Yeah. There was a lot of similarities I, I found between those yeah. two. And and I think that comes to the first point that I did like about this movie. So point one, it is iconic. Everything around this movie is iconic. The image the imagery of of everything in this is very, very iconic. And actually it stands up a lot of it because it's being put on this amazing pedestal. Some of it's crap. General Zod, you know when they're flying away in that spinning that spinning square, and they're like, "Whoa!" Yeah, I, I hated that. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, even for the '70s, that's a that's a terrible trick, you know, special effects trick. Yeah. It just looked horrendous. The newsroom, yeah, and the newsroom scenes, right? These were by far and large the worst scenes of this whole movie, because right. I hated everything about it. I hated the. The scene where he she gets the note and she goes, oh, a friend is asking for a date. You would just throw that away. Why would you entertain that? She would go, this is creepy. She'd report it. Like, that's horrendous. No, and then but the actual she knew it was itself. Superman. She oh. knew it was Superman. But then no. the actual date itself, the whole thing of, oh, can you tell me the color of my pants? I hate that. Oh, it's cringe, I, isn't it? I hated that. Oh, they're pink. Sorry for embarrassing you. I hated it. It made my skin quit. I, like, I felt Callum, dirty after watching it. Do, do you like pink? Oh, I hated <laughs> watching it. And 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 the whole thing of the, the women that are portrayed in this, they are the vulnerable, weak, weak, and he is coming in to save the, the bit yeah. that I nearly I nearly turned it off at one point. I honestly and I've never turned off a movie like this before. I nearly turned it off at one point where who is the woman where when he was drowning in the pool in Lex Luthor's uh, apartment with the with the chain around his neck and the woman saved him or she Oh Miss Tessbacher. Miss Tessbacher. Yeah. And she decided, well, just, before I, just, before, just, before I ta- just before I say them, I'm just going to kiss him. And yeah. then he goes, why did you kiss me? And she goes, oh, I didn't think you would kiss me. I, 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 I hated, yeah. I nearly turned, I so nearly turned the film. Okay. I was like, you don't need to, I couldn't condone it. Okay, I, I, let's, I, I okay, it. okay, right. I'm going to play devil's advocate here and, you know, play, it, play out a little scenario for you, okay? You've reached your current stage in life, your current yeah. age in life. And you have never seen a James Bond movie. Mm-hmm. And the first one you watch is Octopussy. Yeah, I, I know the point you're making, but but Octopussy, right? But this Superman is not the Octopussy of the Superman franchise. No, but I'm using Octopussy as an example of like all the things that you just complained about. Oh, oh, valid, oh, I see what are you're val- saying. I see are what you're valid, saying. Yes. but we have to look at these kind of, kind of movies in a lens of they are a product of their time. 
Yes, and I we, see the point you're and making. And we, slash you, give James Bond a pass because we've grown up with them and there's... And for whatever reason, we give them a pass. Yeah. But I genuinely don't think that anything in this movie is... It's egregious, 100%, but no more so than countless other extremely yeah. famous and highly regarded movies of the time. Yeah, no, I, I don't really have a, res- a repost for that. I think you're right. I think it comes down to the fact that I just didn't like this and I've got a, a soft spot for, for Bond, which is hypocritical. I, I can't think why. I mean... It's understandable. But... Yeah, I, th- I, think, I think maybe the only thing I would say is that I think Bond has in a lot of ways matured towards not being in that scene in that ilk. And I think it was not acceptable at the time, some of the way that he treated women, but it was, yeah, I don't know. There's not really, there's not really a response for that. And I think you are right. Um, I just, I just didn't, there was just elements of this where I think there was the whole piece of control. Like the end of the day, Bond is still a human. He's still a superhero. And so in in essence, he's not, he's, he's he's as little as a threat. Whereas, there's almost a sinister nature to some of the things that this guy could do if he really mm-hmm. was ter- if he was inclined to do it, and that's yeah. maybe that's maybe where it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. Moving on from that, how does she not know Superman is Clark Kent? And I know this is the this is the common thing through all yeah. super Superman movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I can't I don't like that. But in the same way, it's not as if someone has never went. So this bat guy, I mean, like he's jumping around Gotham. He's got all these cool gadgets. He's got the car and stuff like that. I mean, if we thought he's probably got a lot of money, who in Gotham has a lot of money? Have we oh, ever yeah. thought it might be Bruce Wayne? Yeah. But that I mean, that leap is nowhere nowhere near as small as the. You look an awful lot like that guy who's been flying around. Yeah. yeah, and it's not a good enough explanation. But the explanation that we've been given in every piece of Superman literature is because Clark Kent. The persona of Clark Kent is so mild-mannered and unassuming and forget me as soon as you finish talking to me yep. that you don't even remember him and Superman is a god. Yes. You're, the, the separation... I, 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 know, I know what you're saying. Yeah, the, yeah, the separation is the disguise in itself. The separation is saying. the disguise and just the fact that there's n- absolutely no way they could be the, they could be the same person because, because after all... Clark Kent is a guy on a street in a in a city that is essentially Manhattan, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a guy in a suit with glasses, with brill cream in his hair, and you know, with a bit of a bumble. He doesn't like to get in it anyone's way. He's invisible. Yes, yes. I he see, is. I see. Yeah. He is absolutely invisible. And I'm not saying it's a strong enough explanation for this, but it's an interesting explanation for it. And it, it it has various kind of... You, you can look at it in an interesting lens as a kind of like commentary on like society and individualism and, and a bunch of stuff like that. If, you, if you're looking for just a, a, a an explanation as to why, oh, he's quite clearly Superman, then there isn't one because, yeah, he is quite clearly Superman. But I think there's a bigger point to it than that. Yeah, yeah. now I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to suspend my disbelief with that. One there was one line that made me laugh a lot was when they're in the newsroom and she went, "There's only one P in rapist." <laughs> For some reason, that really made me laugh. Yeah, really or there's no that. there's no Z in uh, Z in Brazier. <laughs> Is that another one? Yeah, that's another one he says. It's really good. So before before we get to, I guess I'll go for point number three that I like. Yeah. Point, uh, point number three was the music. 
Yeah. Now we obviously this is a music and movies podcast, and we've it's moved been a while since we've this. talked about it. It is, is yeah. It? Sorry, <laughs> and I'll and I'll and I'll and I'll try and get us back onto it because that scene with the, the whole pants on the roof and oh, I hated it. But then the flying sequence happened. I really, I I really like that, and that oh. is something that has stayed true. That that happens in a lot of movies. You know, you, you the movie where the hero takes the the girl up flying to some extent. That happens, and another way round. That that happens in a lot of movies. Yeah, I mean, flying is such a stimulus to like the imagination, isn't it? Like the idea. How many times, like growing up, have you dreamed of like flying? Oh yeah, yeah. Flying yeah, like super, flying like yeah. Superman. I reckon yeah. you know if I, I'm I'm not good at remembering my dreams. I'm not a, a person that wakes up and knows what I've dreamed about. Mm-hmm. Some some, pe- some people are so some people are some people can like really recall their dreams to like a really scary extent but i'm not one of them but i reckon i still have those kind of dreams it's either flying like superman or playing Falling like superman or playing guitar for acdc oh nice yeah <laughs> you still yeah. have those dreams do you mate Oh, I'm in You're working now. on them yeah oh You're sorry i just i got got, got, <laughs> got taken away a bit there oh got a bit carried away no but i think there's a common mastery uh, of john williams and that's capturing that dream flying yes i think if you think about the best musical moments in some of john williams's most famous scores et well et was yeah this was this is the point i was going to bring it back to but keep going et hook yeah yes yes yeah again excellent flying theme and also, I mean Star Wars, obviously. Of course, yeah. Well, well, let, let's let's then just bring bring on that because this is another reason why I I I, I even think that whilst the music is great in this, I don't think it's John Williams' best because he's done flying themes in other movies, yeah. E.T. and Hook. One of those which I simply adore, Hook gets me every time and yeah. i've got such an admiration for that movie and et i'm not a huge fan of but the flying theme is iconic and beautiful that flying do 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 that is those two are better examples of flying themes for john williams they're obviously yeah. more current they're closer to our time this was the yeah. first iteration of it and by that regard i think it's the worst of his flying themes that he's done it's still very very good and i think it's a yeah. very poignant scene but okay counter argument time mm-hmm this is not a flying theme. Why not? I think it is. I call it not, a flying theme. It, it's not. It's. Is it a love theme? It's a love theme. the The melody is a love theme. The yeah yeah That is that is the love theme, and I think it's much more comparable as a melody when you listen to that and the melody and the harmony and the orchestration to something like han and leia's theme from empire or mm. uh, indian marion's theme from raiders well, Indi- indian marion's theme was the one that i was drawn to that yeah. was the one that that's that that's the one that i thought it was most like yeah but which is what, also what incredibly does, similar to leia's theme <laughs> yes exactly the, he has a language especially in like the 70s and 80s i've said it before but i i i swear that john williams has you know eras of of mm. his work like you can tell if it's a 
seventies, eighties John Williams or a nineties, noughties John Williams. But mm. you know, that that's a that's a separate conversation. But the way he makes it an iconic flying theme is what happens underneath it because the main love theme which we hear in bits in the overture and we hear when they're on the roof and like when they're actually having their loving moments that's quite like slow moving it doesn't have like a huge motor underneath it but it's still very lush and romantic but the way he turns it into a fully fledged flying theme is he introduces this tremolo idea in the strings and that's where you put the bow on the string and you basically shimmy really hard so so you get and you get this kind of twinkly shimmer and then the notes that uses are like a rising kind of arpeggio type thing where it goes that's a that you know lifting notes like that rising notes like that you know, lifts up the whole score. Mm, mm. We've we yeah, I mean we've talked chatted about this when we were looking at the the um the Diese Ray, how that's a descending, so it's negative and it's slow. Whereas yeah. that ascending piece is, you know, it's uplifting and it's yeah. and it's hopeful. Yeah. So even though you've got this what is essentially a character love theme sitting on top, by putting a flying motor underneath it, you give the audience that sense of being along with them for their journey like when they take off and fly mm. which is why it's one of my one of my favorite flying themes because it's not it's not it's not actually one <laughs> sure, that, I mean. that, yeah that's that's fair enough yeah the before i guess before we get back to the main credits theme as well there was two points that i was going to make one of them is something that i didn't like about it one of them is the third reason why i thought this movie was very good the first thing i'll say is the models at the end sequence, that whole earthquake sequence, the crust breaking apart, like yeah. it's it's iconic. Don't get, I I know it's iconic, and 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 that was my first point of the iconicness of this is great. But those models are terrible. Yeah. They use like small miniatures to to recreate everything, and it just looks horrendous. Yeah. When I finished watching that movie, I loved rewatching it just because of my memories of it and nostalgia basically yeah, i am fair. not blind to its flaws i am absolutely not blind to its flaws i see him fly into the earth's crust and yeah. lift up lift up a thought and i go nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> i see him i see him get pissed off and i see him fly around the world turning it back in time and then spinning it back. I didn't again. mind that as much, actually. Oh, I it's mind that stupid. As much. I don't mind. Oh, I don't mind that one as much. Stupid. No, because it's it's obviously it's 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 tongue in cheek to um it's tongue in cheek to I guess the theory of relativity, which I yeah. thought was quite fun. So I, as a as a nerd, I quite like. I kind of thought, would you for that to work? Would you not have to like fly around the universe like that in order for that yeah, to work? I, as opposed yeah, to just it's, the it's, Earth. It's, it's, it's as I said, it's tongue in cheek to that theory of relativity. Yeah. If you can go faster than the speed of light you can, in theory, move backwards through time. If you go backwards in the speed of light negatively against the turn of the Earth, then, in theory, why can't you? And, it, and it's, 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 like, it's like false physics. It's, it's yeah. like it's hokey false physics, but I thought yeah. it was quite funny. Yeah, it's so, it's so easily dismantled, but, yeah, it's, course, a, yeah. but it's, an interesting, it's an interesting concept. But it goes back to the insane power base of this version of Superman, and I just want to go back on that point because I think it's important to the main Superman theme. 
Mm, the main theme. The main theme of Superman, which, again, is, you know, why we're talking about this movie. Why we're talking about this mu- music is this theme. Because mm. this theme is amazing. Like, I would put this single theme in among the my favorite of John Williams's themes. Like, 100%. I think it's incredibly iconic. And I think it it has aged very well, that theme. It's the, it's the thing that's the best takeaway from this movie. It's exciting. Th- think about the, the beginning of it. It just goes... Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. And then, right, so... And that starts on just one note. And even with that, you are hooked. Yes. Like, you are. You are in there and you're like, oh, this is great. Oh, yeah. this is great. But then what he does is he builds what's called polychords. Hmm. Have you heard of a poly polychords before? No, I don't think I have. So you know when you know you, you you build standard functional like diatonic harmony as like root third and fifth, like you have like a triad chord, you know, mm-hmm. like C major, D major, all mm. that thing, and then you can add interesting notes on top of the chords to make the chord more interesting, like major sevenths, dominant sevenths, added ninths, suspended okay. fourths, all of those. These are chords that we play on guitar what we sure, play on sure. piano you've heard of these chords now polychords is what happens when you take a chord and instead of adding on interesting notes on top of the chord you add on other fully functioning chords okay that don't belong to the chord that you've rooted mm-hmm. which is which builds this humongous like musical landscape mm-hmm. and it, it's really really quite amazing because the superman march is essentially it starts off with a fanfare it is essentially a fanfare yes, it's, yes. it's it's heralding a hero it it's very much saying you know this guy's a god and he's arriving at the gates of the city as a mm. triumphant hero mm. and you know the dc superheroes are you know dripping with greek mythology it's, yes it's like it, it's not exactly and, and i and i think almost religious connotations as well there's a yeah. lot of religious connotations with superman which oh god again, yeah I the also, jesus imagery oh yeah i i also <laughs> i i also can't there, there's two parts of the imagery that i can't stand it's the bit when she asks as well why are you here and he goes i'm here for america or something about america oh and yeah that's cringe the, the, it's the cringe element of that and then there's the jesus imagery both of those two things yeah. instantly i'm like this is horrendous yeah but like if you if you listen to the beginning of the of the superman march though and he builds those 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 polychords and you don't really know where the where the harmony is going and it's almost a bit alien Mm. again by design because obviously he's not of earth Mm. he's this outer space hero like this is something that we have never and will never see again on earth type Mm. type thing and I think the theme is very representative of that all the way through. The third reason why I thought this was very good was this is a comic book and this was a comic book movie. Yeah. And I think this is probably one of the most accurate representations of a comic book movie, which is the third reason why I like this. Yeah. So I thought it was iconic for the references and Christopher Reeve is iconic. I thought it's a comic book movie and it's the best version of a comic book movie and I thought the music was very, very good. Right. However, I'm not giving this any thumbs up, mate. None. None. Oh, John Williams doesn't even get no. one. 
I I don't think it was as good enough. No, I just I think that I just I can't like this mu- music. I, I I sorry this movie and the music isn't good enough to make me like this. Oh, I mean, I fundamentally disagree with you. I'm not I even going to try and change your mind. I, I feel like I can't. I feel I, like I, I was thinking about maybe one. I was thinking about one star because I have did I like softened you a theme. little bit, a little, a little bit, and it, okay. it's those three avenues. But it's like it's it's. I feel like I'm trying to find things I like about a movie that I just hate everything about. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna give it one thumb up. Oh, I thought you would have given it two. No, I mean it's it's uh, it's again one of my absolute favorite John Williams themes, and John Williams scores, definitely. But again, I'm not blind to the, the aging flaws of this of this movie, and I think, you know, we have a pr- pretty binary rating system here, <laughs> yeah, where where like it. where we have bad, medium, and good. And I can't give it good and I can't give it bad. So that kind of only leaves me with one option, doesn't it? <laughs> but I will, I, I just want to end off this section mm-hmm. with a quote. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, it's not the one about the cigarette on the back of a cigarette packet, is it? Oh, why? Like, why? Oh, you're such a dick. I was going to, I was going to end with a quote that would segue beautifully into your movie. <laughs> I, I and you just went, coming. and you just went, Nah, I'm just, I'm just going to spoil it. I'm Go just for it. Spoil say the quote. Say the okay. quote. <laughs> Some people can read War and Peace and come away thinking it's a simple adventure story. Others can read the ingredients on a chewing gum wrapper and unlock the secrets of the universe. Would you like to expand? Are we just going straight into this next one, are we? Usually I put a little interlude between the two movies. Well, Well, I was trying. I was trying to segue. <laughs> But yeah, we can do that. Stick your bloody theme in. Go, see if I care. Okay, so this week on the show, I'm bringing uh, probably, I thought, the most controversial movie because everybody has their opinions on this movie. Do they? And it came out, yeah, I've heard a lot of opinions on this movie as as an adaptation of a book. And as something that, you know, you and I, we're we're very ingrained in pop culture media. And this movie very much set itself out to be we are the pop culture media movie if you want to go look no further yeah. this is the pop culture media well and would you like me to add my opinion to 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 this movie well i was going to say it enforced that element of i need to have my opinion added to things and i need to have my say on things <laughs> well would you like to know my opinion what is it i have no opinion did you not like it uh it's bland did you think so Yeah, I mean, I, I I agree with you. It's there's a good movie not, in there it, somewhere. It's not it's, a bad. It's definitely not a bad movie. It's endlessly entertaining. Yeah, it was. It's rewatchable. Oh yeah, it's, it's definitely it's re-watchable. definitely rewatchable, but only because I don't think it was entertaining enough the first time. 
I, 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 I enjoyed it more the second time watching it than the first time watching it. Um, oh, okay. Have we said it? It's Ready Player One. Oh, we didn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> have we said it? It's Ready Player One. Somebody, somebody in the future who's listening to this podcast is screaming at us when we're saying that. Going, no, it's what fine, movie it says are you up, talking about? They say it up to. We say it up top. I, oh, I put yeah, it in I suppose, the description, and I'll put I'll, I put a little funny reference to it in the description of the episode. Yeah, but what about the lovely yeah. listeners who just oh, listen to us? Listen. What about the lovely listeners who listen to us regardless, and they don't no, look at the they titles? They don't actually do it. They have to look at the titles if they don't look at the titles why are they here mm. <laughs> um i'm just going to jump into this do it with three tracks from the soundtrack so we have alan silvestri who composes the soundtrack for this um I'll, i will i will say that the the music score was originally going to be composed by longtime steven spielberg collaborator John Williams. Absolutely, yeah. However, due to scheduling conflicts, scheduling, I said scheduling. scheduling. Actually, you said scheduling. Scheduling, like Sean. <laughs> yeah, scheduling conflicts, working on another Spielberg film, The Post, 2017, left Alan Silvestri uh, to take over. Um, this was only his third film where Spielberg did not collaborate with John Williams. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> that's that, quite scary, others, isn't it? Like, yeah, that's, I know. That's quite the other a ones feat. being The Jewel, uh, The Color Purple, and uh, The Bridge of Spies. So they yeah. were the ones that he's not. But you're right, that is a scary feat. Yeah. So, as, a slight, uh, as a slight side note, Bridge of Spies is gorgeous music. Yeah, okay, yeah we'll gorgeous. jump back to that one. We'll jump back to that one, I think. It's a great movie as well. Mark Rylance is in both, and we'll get to Mark Rylance in this as oh, well. Oh, yeah. So basically, yeah, I've got a few more points about Alan Silvestri and Steven Spielberg uh, on this movie. But but before we get on to Alan Silvestri again, uh, some of the other directors that were pipped to direct this movie, Christopher Nolan, Robert Zemeckis, Matthew Vaughn, Peter Jackson and Edgar Wright. Yeah. Wow, we would have had very different movies across the board there, wouldn't we? Is it bad that I wish that it was Edgar Wright? Edgar Wright was the one that jumped out to me as well. I think he would have done it a lot more tactfully. Yeah. Uh, I also think Robert Zemeckis would have done a great job of this. Yeah. But I think it would have been a lot more Hollywoody with him. Matthew no, Vaughn, it would have been a bit jumbled up, I think. You know, I think if it was Robert Kingsman. Zemeckis, we might we probably would have got a very similar animal to the one that we got. Because I feel like where this movie doesn't quite hit the mark in terms of its potential is it was made by people who I'm talking about Spielberg here, that it's structured like one of their movies of old of yes. back to the future of et of yes. all those family adventure movies and it's structured and it's structured like that and it's like you can homage yourself mm. without you without you just trying to say oh i'm just going to keep doing what i'm doing i feel like if it was edgar wright doing it then he would have actually homaged that kind of genre of movie but we would have gotten something a little bit different and dare say a little bit more engaging and less formulaic well i think he he we relate to him more as a fan whereas steven spielberg has is responsible for a large portion of the pop culture references in that well and he I is but you know what i mean I, I feel from. like you need you need somebody newer and fresher to yes. homage back to something as opposed to mm. just getting the people who did it to oh, do for it sure. to do for, it again for sure. and that's, what I'm that's saying, just yeah. rehashing 
Mm. And there was a way to do this without it being a rehash. And unfortunately, I think it's a rehash. Alan Silvestri worked closely with director Spielberg to achieve the right direction for the original music score that would not only be distinctive, but would also, uh, but would not allude to any of the film's 1980s, 1990s pop culture references and also invoke and enhance the film's story and tone of um, op optimised innocence, beauty and a sense of wonder and old-fashioned adventure that many Hollywood films of the 1980s and 1990s utilised to great effect. Yeah. In an interview with Entertainment Weekly, Spielberg said of Silvestri's musical score for the film, while all sorts of culture, cultural... Oh, fuck, culturally iconic references populate Ready Player One... Got there in the, the end. This I know, right? The score that Alan Silvestri composed is completely intoxicatingly original. It's bound together by multiple themes that identify plot and character and is inf uh, infused by such per, uh, per I can't say words, I can't read words, percursive adrenaline and soaring strings that Alan has made. Did you mean percussive? One Percussive adrenaline. I can't actually read. You know, I'm aggressively dyslexic. Like I no, am aware. I'm aware. I'm aware. I, 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 I mock you uh, mercilessly <laughs> regularly. I appreciate it. I know you but, do. <laughs> but 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 I think there's a really great point in this that Alan Silvestri and Steven Spielberg wholeheartedly agree that the references of them, the score of Ready Player One, whilst they touch on themes, it is a totally unique soundtrack, and I believe that. I think the music on second listening is very good. A couple of pieces you've got the the the, the Oasis, which is a the a, a, the kind of the main score. I think the main theme is not the best theme in this. I think the best theme. I mean, in I this... can't bring it to mind. I watched it. I watched it yesterday, and I can't bring it to mind. Have you not re-listened to the soundtrack? No, I did. Yeah, but I, I again, encourage... I can't really bring it to mind. I, I, I think that there's a there's a piece of music called "Why Can't We Go Backwards," and it paints that beautiful scene between Ogden Morrow and um oh, and, yeah. uh, and and Halliday of course it was and very touching there there was some really touching points in this movie and that that, that piece of uh, why can't we just go backwards you know how because he's a man who's you know dare I say it, he he's very autistic and he struggles to interact with Ogden and they they you know their working relationship is 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 strained at the best of times but they still have a lot of respect for each other they well, still love it. You know, very love much, each other uh, yeah very much a brotherly love i i had a lot of time for simon pegg as ogden morrow and there wasn't enough of him frankly no there wasn't but i think I know we talked about it at the start, but Mark Rylance as Halliday was amazing. He oh, was yeah. so good as that. You know, that kind of just understanding. He's so captivating. He's so captivating. And he's he's not scene stealing, but he is scene stealing. He's not trying to be, but he is. Yeah, definitely and, and, is. And that, that bit, that there's the beautiful touch that he said at the end where when he leaves the attic, obviously spoilers right at the end, mm -hmm. when he goes, and he turns to him and he goes, thank you for playing my game. Yeah. Oh, I, I was like, some parts yeah, of this lovely. movie some parts of this movie are incredible yeah. some parts of this movie are downright bland and gray yeah. it, it, it's 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 such an odd but he was great he particularly was the best part and the score for that piece of music where he, where he's the the whole hello i'm james halliday where he's introducing and it starts with the js back da -da 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 -da. yeah um which is always like a bit of back but everybody is 
can relate to that kind of character of he's so nerdy in himself and he just wants to escape into this world of his yeah. and it's beautiful but he's created a thing of wonder that everyone loves but he's got so many missteps throughout his life yeah so i think the score is is ultimately beautiful but we don't also have the score in this movie there's a lot of other songs that appear yep. much like van halen's jump which yep. heralds in the credits for this movie as it starts it's a personal favorite of mine i love that song. i love it it's really good and i think it's a really good i think it's a really good inclusion to this this type of movie i think it kind of has that wondery sort of piece and you see the the delorean and you see it introduces you to the oasis with the synthesizers yeah. a really really good touch to that yeah um I also think there's a really a personal favorite of mine is Everybody Wants to Rule the World, mm -hmm. which is a Tears for Fears song, which plays near the start before as you're kind of introducing the credits. And that kind of silky guitar part that starts the song, I think, is a really, really great introduction The, by and large, the music that's used in this movie is very, very good. Um, I think there's there's one sequence of this movie that completely shows the best and the worst of the music in this movie, though. Yeah. And that is... Do you know which scene that is? There's, no. a, there's a sequence in oh, this it, movie. The, well, my, my biggest, like, exclamation point, kind of like, oh, I love the use of the music in this, was the club. It's the club, yeah. That's yeah. the point I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, it's the yeah. club. So, so the club sequence... Let's start with the bit that was just battering you over the head. And that was the, maybe we should have a dance off and then staying alive kicks in. What's your thoughts on that? I mean, I will never, I will never roll my eyes or groan or anything when the Bee Gees come on. <laughs> I don't care how signposted it is. I don't care how predictable it is. I don't even care how cheesy it is. You can't hate the Bee Gees. I really if, like the Bee Gees, actually. Nah, yeah, I think if they're you really hate good. the Bee Gees, we can't be friends. No, I really, I really like them. Actually, I've got a lot of time for them. I just think that that was just a bit like, oh. Oh, did you it's groan? The, it, it's the, yeah. Nah, you got it. Oh, uh, you just again, you just have to accept it. And if it's the Bee Gees that does it, then you just no. Have to it be wasn't. Like, it wasn't yeah, the Bee Gees yeah. itself. It wasn't the Bee Gees. It was a good. It was, and I think I, I've, 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 I've put this report into two parts the first part is the music which by and large is very very good yeah but then we're going to talk about the movie because mm -hmm. i think i think there's there we need to sit and talk about the movie for a yeah. little bit as well but the, but the other the, the, the club other scene... section of the club oh, well yeah. i was gonna say the other section of the club scene the, the scoring is very effective because there's a there's a piece of scored music um called real world consequences from the from the score right and real world consequences plays whilst the shootout in the club is taking place and he uses the Zemeckis cube, which obviously Zemeckis being from Robert Zemeckis and the, the Rubik's cube. Yeah. But when he throws that up in the air, you get the Back to the Future theme. Do -do 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 -do. Yeah, exactly. The little the little striking streams, the do 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 yeah. do do do. I just think it's great. Yeah. I, I really liked it. And yeah. it made me go, yeah, this is fun. Yeah. No, but, I mean, 100%. But, but, I, again, that's what that's the, exactly what I thought when I when I heard that. I was like, oh, right, they're doing Back to the Future. Mm. It's great. Um, so I mean, other, other, other examples where that happened, you had during the race sequence when King Kong appears, the theme from the original 1933 uh, King Kong composed by Max Steiner is actually played as well. Oh, very good. Did you pick good. up on that one there? Yeah, so I thought that was a, I thought that was a really, really great. Nice. Um, 
And uh, another piece of music that was used, which I remember from the trailer of this, was the teaser trailer contains Ghostwriter's music adaptation of the song Pure Imagination from the film Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Nice. Very apt. It also contains a section of the song Tom, so- uh, Tom Sawyer by Rush. So there's some really, very yeah, Rush very man. apt. So, so, so I think the music for this, by and large, was very, very good and was very respectful for the tone of this movie, yeah. which was a pop culture. So as far as I'm concerned, this whole thing's two thumbs up. Great, really great. Oh, wait, there, there's the movie. Yeah. Oh, right. Let's, uh, let's, let's not beat about the bush. Do you know who I Alex- feel sorry for? What? Ben Mendelsohn. Ben Mendel, yeah, Bendelson. He's uh... Bendelson because I think he's fantastic. Yeah. I love him in everything I've seen him in. However, ninety nine percent of the things I've seen him in, he plays the same one dimensional villain. Well, so let let let's get to so let's use him so he plays um is it i forget his character's name it doesn't matter what his name no, it doesn't is matter, does it? it doesn't matter it doesn't matter <laughs> but he he basically what i what i did like about his character was the kind of relatability of the fact that he sorrento sorry i knew because he's from the book he's a very sorrento, famous yeah. character from the book but sorrento basically is trying to so if you were to explain the movie for this it's very simple there is this oasis, this virtual reality world in the future, the, the creator has died and has left some Easter eggs, much like Willy Wonka, to take over the chocolate factory. He is very Willy Wonka, he isn't He's he? very Willy Wonka. But there is, there is a Slugworth character. There's a character that wants yeah. to cr- yeah. hold it for himself. Now, in the applicability of this, what Sorrento wants to do, and by and large, I think makes it, adds the threat, is I believe he wants to kind of add like microtransactions through it and make more money through it and kind of yeah. see this as a source. And actually, when you put that into it, you kind of like, that's every nerd's you know worst nightmare, isn't it? Yeah. You wouldn't want this guy. So they could have leaned more into that and made him more evil, like really Im- use him as the embodiment for big corporation. Yeah. You know, it's that IOI corporation, which he's part of. And, and they, they didn't really do that as much. But he doesn't need to be captivating. He just needed to be evil. Yeah. And he wasn't as much of a threat. And I think it's also about the, the high five as well. So from the books, they're, they're obviously the characters that are developed through this. And, and you, you know, you, you have um, all, all the different parts of, of the high five obviously led by Parseville or Wade Watts, yeah. who I, I like the character Wade Watts, Parseville. I think that's a good character. In the books, he's um, a bit obese and overweight, actually, because right, okay. he kind of plays that character. But mm-hmm. as in this, he's very, almost like a young Steven Spielberg sort of looking kind of guy, which I yeah. kind of thought. Yeah. But, but he in the book, he kind of loses weight and he gets better. And then you have Artemis, who is, and, and we, right, so... I'm stealing a joke from another. I was listening to a couple of uh, um, a couple of guys who do a podcast that we love, and they were kind of joking about how the whole fact of that she's supposed to be had this birthmark, birthmark, and she's disfigured. She says you wouldn't want to see her in real life, and then when you show her in real life, you think, oh god, she's actually absolutely fine. There's nothing wrong with <laughs> yeah, her. Absolutely. But these guys in this podcast, I'll, I'll tell you about it afterwards. <laughs> one of them turned to the other one, and when it revealed her face, and he went, "What a monster!" Like it's just. <laughs> Which just made me laugh so much, but that's not our joke. But it, it it it's so true. You're like, how can we make her horrifying but absolutely attractive in every way? Yes, we'll but... give her a slight shadow over her eye. Yeah, it was just like it's yeah. just horrendous. Yeah, yeah. No, no and way. then and then 
I mean, the weakest sort of of like character development. Like they tried to, you know, give one of her character traits as being self conscious about her image, right? Mm. And then one, they made her pretty bloody attractive, apart from a shadow in her eye. Yeah, and then yeah. their way of saying, "Oh, this is character development." By the end of the movie, her avatar ends up getting the same, the same shadow over her eye. Oh, that's right. In her yeah. digital avatar, and we're supposed to go, "Oh, she doesn't, she, she doesn't care anymore." Yay! Yeah, exactly. It's exactly. like, yeah, oh, it's just, a, it's just a bit weak that. Well, I mean, Olivia Cook, who was who played Artemis there, if you look at her, she kind of looks like that kind of anime character. She's 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 characteristic her face. She's got big eyes, and you can see actually as a casting choice, she was really good for this. Yeah. And I thought the role of Artemis was fine i mean it was a little bit it's 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 not i mean even wade they're, they're all just fine they're yeah. all fine but you don't worry about them and i think this is down to the whole thing of the oasis i've got so many hate list parts about this yeah and there's the, there's the biggest hate which i'll get to I'll, I'll leave that one till last but the first one is i don't understand how this whole thing works it's such a half arsed attempt at explaining this whole thing because yeah. I'll tell you one thing, that's not the internet. Because if this is, if that was the internet, there'd be a lot more dicks and tits. There, there's just nothing. There's no. But, there's no. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, to be fair, in the opening, in the opening kind of like exposition dump, of which that was a long, long. It was long. Well, that's why you got two songs in it. You got everybody wants to rule the oh world and Van Halen. Honestly, Jim. I thought the movie was had already started and was like ten minutes in, and then it came up with Ready Player Ready One. Ready Player One, and I was yeah. like, "Holy shit, was that the intro?" Yeah, exactly. I remember. Oh, I, I, thought the, I thought the same thing. I thought the same thing. <laughs> yeah, no, but um, when he did that intro and he was taking us through a guided tour of the Oasis, there was a digital brothel there. So the the porn is there. I think I'm good. Oh my god. You saw that. The the porn is there. And I thought, right, this is instantly more believable. As long as there's porn somewhere, it's it's all good. At so many points, you're asked to suspend your disbelief with this movie. Much like Superman, with the fact that it's iconic and it's a comic book movie as such. But you're it's it's these movies, they're hard work to watch. That's why I think these two movies are quite well paired together. Yeah, I mean they're they're diff they're they're not for you, for people like you and me, watching it in 2020, they're they're ultimately problematic for us to watch because they fundamentally disobey a lot of laws and lore in not only pop culture but in movie making that we have know and love, and that's why they're struggle to watch. Okay, let's get to the Easter eggs first, right? So you have created this world where everyone over six billion people have access to this place, right? Yeah. And anyone can solve these three Easter eggs and you own the Oasis. Yeah. You're telling me that this one kid found it. I don't buy it. Every yeah, major corporation in the world would have been after this. Yeah, yeah. Because every single human would have been after this. Yeah. And you're telling me that the first Easter egg was a race. Someone worked out that it turned out it was a race, right? Yeah. You're telling me that nobody thought, may as well try it going backwards. Yeah. I, well, it, the explanation was so dire, though, because yeah. they explained it away where they literally said, you, I think you that was a direct quote you said. They said, somebody worked out the first one was a race. It literally was. That's and what it's they like, said. They just kind of went, oh, well, there you go. 
Yeah, exactly. And you're like, oh, why? Well, yeah. why, why was that erased? Well, I think there no, were think in, do, there were interesting clues. There were interesting clues to all the all the next keys, all of all of those, but not for the first one. It was just like, oh yeah, somebody worked it out this one yeah. time. Um, cool. I guess I, I guess just you'll you'll realize why there's two movies that this is the third in my small trilogy of the first movie being The Shining, the second one being Back to the Future, and the third being this. And you can see yeah. kind of what I've tried to do there because yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. the second part of it is The Shining. What did you think about that sequence? Filmmaking wise, I, I, I it was amazing. Amazing. It was uh, absolutely really amazing, amazing because I was looking at I was looking at the footage of The Shining and I thought. They've that that is the shining. Yeah. Like the, the they didn't recreate those settings. I firmly believe that they took the movie and mm. put their new digital characters into the shining settings. Which I think is I might I, I be wrong about how that. They I don't know how they did it. I don't know how they did it, but it, I, I might be wrong about marvel. it. But no, I, I, no, you're not. I think I think that is actually what they did, and I think it's incredible how they managed to do that. Yeah, and fifty percent of that whole thing works. The imagery and the music. We get the callback to the the famous Desiree at the start, which introduces yeah. the, the 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 hotel. The whole Easter egg thing. I just don't buy it. Someone would have worked it out. They say it took five years to get the first one, for the, the, the fact yeah. that it was a race. I just don't buy it. Yeah. You know, if that happened today in the internet that we know and love, if there was Easter eggs, people would have cracked the code. You would have, you would have been on, you know, you, you would have been looking, people would have been getting right into the coding for the Oasis. But the first place you would look, you wouldn't, you wouldn't play the game. People wouldn't play the game. People wouldn't actually do it normally. Yeah. People would cheat. People would people would hack the servers. Yeah. They would find the code. You know why though? Because we're all scum. We are scum, and that's it. And it's part of the back thing. This is not the internet, because the yeah. internet is a place of scum and villainy, much like Mos Eisley's. <laughs> yes. Whereas this is not. But it's a kids' movie, so you're of course it's fine. Of course it's good, and it's just like ugh, fine. That brings me on to the next point that I have with this movie, and I'm going to keep going. What's the rules? What is the rules, right? If you die, you lose all your stuff. But at some points, they just they just go pause game and they take the thing off. Are they not? They're gone then. So yeah. they can't die. If you think you're about to die, just pause the yeah, fucking yeah, game. Yeah, just take, just take it off. I don't understand. They don't make it clear. I guess maybe if you're in a race, you can't just pause it. You've committed to doing the race. And so therefore, if you die in the race, then you die. It brings me on to the other issues with this. So, so the whole thing of yeah, nobody ever thought to go backwards. Someone would have solved these Easter eggs. Coding yeah. wise, someone would have cracked this. It's not the internet. We've established that. Therefore, yeah. you can't really believe because people are dark. And then there's the whole thing of every, you know, everyone would want the DeLorean, but everyone would want that. But the biggest problem that I have with this whole movie is the is the currency that pop culture is or it's painted to be yeah it's the it's the thing of everything in this movie you're better because oh I, well that's so and so odd job from goldeneye that's his favorite movie yeah it's like you hold that over someone as intellectual prius that is the worst thing about this movie yeah, yeah, yeah. by and large yeah. I, I i hated it and, it and you can see that what it was is this movie 
in some ways was aimed at people like us who love our pop culture. We escape to these magical worlds. Yeah. But the second you start making a competition, I'm out. Yeah, yeah. Because there's disgusting. always going to be some, yeah. there's always going to be someone better than us. There's always going to be someone that knows more. And I commend that. I love it. I love it because yeah, but it shouldn't they've... distract. It did. It shouldn't uh, detract. Sorry from your own love and respect exactly, for something. Exactly, exactly. And it's like, this and I've made this argument for that. years for specifically Star Wars, right? Uh-huh. Where I've grown up with Star Wars my whole life and I have such an emotional connection to it. You know, I watch them with you know, my dad. I have and I've watched them for years. I love the music. I love everything about it. I love it. I have I would have like fans come up to me and go like, "Oh, but have you read like you know the comics and books and have you played all the games and stuff and i'm like well uh, yeah i've delved into some of those things but i've not i've not read you know Thrawn. Oh, well, you're not a real fan I've, you're not, I've not read if you haven't. i've not read thrawn and i've not read yeah. extended universe and dark dark republic and all well, of have it. you read the oh, non-canon stuff have you read all of it exactly and oh well you're not a true star wars fan and i'm like oh okay cool i want to murder you it 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 brings me to tea and it and it's this it's disgusting it's, it really it's, is and, but also it doesn't even do it properly yeah. you know it's it's like it's like he's supposed to be the the pop culture of pop culture you you want him to be you want him to be quoting superman 4 an obscure line that some extra said not yeah. not the main catchphrase that was takeaway from that film and I, again like I, I heard a point someone else raised and i think it's a really great point which was the whole thing with odd job and Goldeneye, you know, like Goldeneye is the staple multiplayer game. Yeah. Like, but the fact that he goes, "Oh, his favorite game was Objob." That's like, that's like, and and the, how it was referenced to to this guy, and I, and I think I think he makes a great point. Uh, it was another podcast, and they said this really great point where they said, if you were listening to a metal radio station, the the, the host who specifically metal, and the, the the host loves it, or like a rap radio station, right? Yeah. Listen, you're listening to rap music. And this, the host who's who's holding that radio station would go, oh, I love rap music and everything about it. I think it's really, really great. I think it's really interesting. And then he went, here's one. Have you heard of Eminem? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like yes, we've heard of Eminem because yeah, yeah. we know Eminem. Like, yeah, don't yeah. beat us over the head yeah. because because or we really... Metal, metal radio... Metal Metallica. Me, me, metal radio station. It's like, oh, and here's one of... Here, here's a track that you may not have heard of. Uh, Enter Sandman. Yeah, exactly. And you're just like... What? And it does that throughout this whole movie. Yeah. It does that throughout this whole movie. Anyway, that's not my point. I, I heard that from someone else. I need to make that clear. But I think that's a really valid point to this. Yeah. And it 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 just frustrates me. All the piece and another thing I had to this, right? When he gets the first clue, when he gets that first key, he gets a few fans around him. Everyone's like, oh, oh, oh. Bullshit. If there was one human in history who worked out the first Easter egg to that key, they would be dead within 24 hours. Yeah. Someone would have killed that person in real life. Yeah. They would have had an assassin track him down. One of the hundreds yeah, of thousands of multiple... No, that but tried like, to in happen. real life... I know it tried to happen, but the way that it seemed was it was a bit like, oh, we'll send someone to go and kill him. No. He would be dead. Yeah. He would. He would. He would not be. He would be terrified. Why would anyone? And that's the thing. Why would you paint a target on your head and try and do this? Oh. It just wasn't a believable premise. I, I just. I just think it's. I just think the whole premise of this movie is, and it's a story. And I think this is the first time where, as a book, I'd adapted to a film. It's fine. You can't compare the two, but it's just not a great story. I just don't think it's a great story. Yeah. Well, it's a. You know, it's a formulaic predictable story you can see every kind of you know point along the way yeah. 
anyway yeah so some parts of it were incredibly charming as i said i've, yeah. I've listed some of the songs that i thought were great as I'm, we've done a lot about the movies as much as with the songs this though yeah, yeah i'm gonna give this i'm gonna give this one thumb up because i think the music is very very good and i think tending towards two but i think i can't honestly give this two thumbs up so i think it's a one yeah thumb I'm, on, I'm, on, I'm on a one as well nice. and very very firmly the most firm one i can give yeah that's fair that's fair just because i'm like yeah okay <laughs> i didn't any, hate any it more, any I, more thoughts on it i didn't hate it didn't hate it didn't that's hate fine. it would you would you recommend this movie to anyone i don't know actually see that's the question that i had to ask myself i'm like would i recommend this to someone i don't know if i would actually no i don't think i would either but i would would you watch this movie again on your own not anytime soon i would watch it on my own again no i mean yeah you're right not anytime soon but i wouldn't I wouldn't not watch I would this. watch it again, but I think I would probably do something else while I was doing it, while I was watching it. That's fair. I, I have a fun test of, of watchability of a movie and it's so so now now and again in my line of work I would go in, you know, I'd stay in a hotel room and stuff, and when you're in a hotel room you're I guess when you've spent a huge day at work and you're knackered, you just go to sleep. And I find myself going through the digital channels and there's always a movie on if you go yeah. on terrestrial TV, there's always a movie on like film four or something like that. Yeah. If this movie was on in my hotel room, halfway through it, would you would you stay and watch it? Would you continue to watch it? Hundred percent, I would stay and watch yeah, this movie if yeah. this was on. Yeah, I think that's a really. That. I think that's a really. I personally think it's a really good test of. There's been movies where I'm like, oh, I know this movie, I like this movie, but I'm not going to keep watching it. Yeah. Because there's other things I'd rather. I'd rather take the chance on other channels than continue watching this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's my that's my report on Ready Player One. Yeah. It was an That's interesting one. It's de definitely an interesting movie, but yeah. Yeah, it is an interesting movie. Moving forward? Yeah, let's do it. I know what we are going to be talking about this moving forward, and I know exactly what you're going to bring to moving forward. I had other things I was going to bring, but I think we just dedicate it to what you're going to bring. Let's do it. Go on, mate. Bring it. Take it on, because you you know a lot about this. Obviously, it's the the Snyder Cut. Thank you. Obviously, it's the Snyder Cut. But we've not talked about this. Before. We've not talked about this before oh. the podcast. So this this is an, an uh, this is a raw train of thought from both of us. Believe I, it I or not. Believe opinions. it or not. I, I like. I totally 100% decided on doing Superman for this week before this announcement. Yeah. <laughs> I can't stress that enough. This is the best coincidence in the world. Okay. Do you want to, do you want to paint this picture? Cause there's obviously a lot of people that aren't familiar with what we're talking about. And... Okay. So we all know and agree, or, you know, everyone who's right agrees that justice league is the worst movie in the world. Yes. Well, 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 but, but why, but where did it come from? What, what is, as in like as in i think there's a there's a there's a back there's a back cattle for that okay there's a backstory was, okay let's yeah. do this as quickly as we can right so batman versus superman happened yes well actually Jack no. Snyder's okay. oh my god right man, man <laughs> of steel happened man of steel happened man of steel was a more image was a, a bit more of a raw superman he wasn't completely fully realized and he caused a lot of destruction in his attempt to save the world. He was he was not ready to take on full militarized Kryptonian invasion, and he did the best that he could. And I actually have a real, not love, but I 
I, I, I like and respect Man of Steel as a movie. Yeah. Like, I actually do. It has its flaws, but I like it. Now, afterwards, we get... Thank you. But you don't like Superman. You're predisposed to just hate anything with Superman. Yeah, that's fair, that's fair. So, then we get Batman versus Superman. I, I'm also going to put my hands up. I have a, a proper soft spot for Batman versus Superman. I genuinely like this film. I genuinely do. I don't like the stupid CGI monster at the end, but everything else I'm like on board with. It asks it asks questions very similar to what we've seen in Captain America Civil War, for example, about when we need heroes and who decides that we need heroes and should they be autonomous and you know all those interesting questions but it does it with a much darker grit and apart from any and apart from the plot or anything else it, it had an artistic direction with an, an artistic direction that granted everybody apart from me apparently hated you know it was dark it was gritty it had a really gritty Hans Zimmer and Junkie XL score which I love and that moment when Wonder Woman joins the fight at the end and you get that shredding electric guitar riff in in that 7-4 rhythm it's so infectious and it's so exciting and actually most fans agree with me that that is a particular highlight of that yeah. movie is the is the Wonder Woman theme yeah and I thought it was a different way and I respected that they weren't trying to make Marvel movies but then but then they killed Superman with a CGI monster at the end, and ev and the fandom lost their it was shit. Doomsday, wasn't it? It was supposed to yeah, be Yeah, Doomsday. Doomsday, yeah. And the fans lost their shit, and they and they all they wanted was Marvel. All they wanted was Christopher Reeve's Superman. They just wanted shit that they already know. And and I'm 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 railing on fandoms here because I I hate them. I hate the hive mentality of give us what we want now. Well, and that's and that's the crux of what we're going to be talking about, obviously. But and then just to give it to completion, so Zack Snyder obviously was was in charge of Batman versus Superman. Yeah, and he was, and he drafted a treatment for two Justice League movies back to back. So he right. had a a grand design for mm -hmm. the for these movies, and I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish I could have, I could have seen them. But instead, uh, very regrettably, this is where I get slightly. Just we didn't. Yeah, but, in, didn't he? but there's a reason that Zack Snyder had to step away because unfortunately he had a family tragedy. His um, daughter died very, very sadly, and he had to step away for family reasons. And nobody, nobody on this earth would blame him for that. No. And Joss Whedon stepped in because obviously he masterminded the first Avengers team up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Although let's be fair, it wasn't Joss Whedon, it was Kevin Feige that masterminded yeah. it. Like the reason yeah. that movie's a success is because of Kevin Feige, not because of Joss Whedon. And they turned the color saturation up. They brought in Danny Elfman to do a, a campaign superhero score. Mm -hmm. They took out all the kind of dark elements that Zack Snyder wanted and they made crap. I mean, I mean, we've watched Justice League before, and I think it is the worst movie I've ever seen. Yeah, I think I think it's the worst movie I've ever watched in my life. Yeah, it's horrendous, and the only reason it's horrendous, the only reason it's horrendous, is because of the, just the loud voice of the internet. It's, yeah, 
I don't I don't blame the filmmakers for making for making this movie bad. I blame them for listening to to fan fan you know you watch YouTubers who comment on these things. Like basically on the same platform that we're doing. We're we're on a pad podcast talking about these things. But I don't know how to make a movie. I'm no. not I'm not going to I'm not going to go in and see at the end of the day a movie is it's it was a weird one because movies always kind of toe the line between art and consumerism mm. don't they mm. because they're it's more of a business mm-hmm. it's more of a business than you know other forms well, of well nowadays art. yeah i mean nowadays it really so, is but especially with these large properties yeah exactly so obviously these massive massive studios are always trying to toe the line between like you know making money and the way you make money is to get most to get more people into the cinemas and to buy it on home release and the way to do that is to make things that they want so they Mm -hmm. want to listen to the fans however it is still art and i am personally and i'm not talking for everyone and i I am and i'm no way saying that everybody should think the same way i do i am so much more interested in seeing somebody's interpretation I am oh, so much more interested. Sure. I am for so sure. much more interested in seeing Batman versus Superman because that is a Zack Snyder movie. That is Zack Snyder's take on these characters and the, this mythology, and that is a perspective, and it's mm. not a hive mind product, which mm. is cold and mm. bland and paint by numbers and just not interesting. Batman versus Superman is not perfect, but it has a tone and it has a vision and that makes it better art moving forward then we had the uh justice league which then came out and obviously after the sad um after, after the, the the zach Snyder sadly lost his daughter um we, we warner brothers decided to in a couple of months to go throw um joss whedon under the bus and, and put him back into the line of fire yeah uh and we had the the most film by committee film ever made but what happened after that was was even more bizarre. There was rumors start spreading around that Zack Snyder had finished and had made a completed movie, and it was out there somewhere. Pre-production, like mm. uh, uh, not pre-production, like pre-pre-post-production. Mm, mm. So a sense. lot of a lot. No, I know what you're. I know what you're trying to say. It just basically a lot of work had to be put into a lot of the screens. A lot of the 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 green screens. They hadn't done the special effects, place. but all of exactly. things were shot things were shot enough you you, it it was at a point where what was believed was there was there was enough captured actors and captured scenes to that was left on a computer or left on hard drives or probably multiple that could be if you had the time and inclination to tidied up edited together and a movie could have been made from it and yeah. and that is where the release of the Snyder Cut came from. Yeah, so massive, and this movement was huge. Like they crowdfund, they crowdfunded to buy a massive billboard in Times Square. In Times Square, do you have any idea how much a billboard in Times Square costs? Oh God, yeah. Like, but it was it. There whoa. was there was it wasn't fueled by love. That's what I don't like about this. Yeah. That's the fundamental problem with this. Everyone, everyone says release this Snyder Cut. Release, obviously, even Ben Affleck and Gal Gadot, all of them were saying it at one point. Release the Snyder Cut. Release it. Yeah. But you've got to understand this thing is coming from a place of hate, 
yeah. and of on of of inadequacy. Warner Brothers have not talked about this. Warner Brothers are, have kept their mouth shut. Yeah. Henry Cavill's been good. He's talked about it. He's basically he's he has defended Justice League the movie, and you know it's as being like you know look at these characters look, you know look at what they're doing they represent they they represent a lot more than what you are putting out into the world even mm. even if it's not the product that we all imagined putting it it still represents inherently something good and i respect that message so much and actually i love henry cavill i'm just saying, yeah i know I, he's, good. I, he's a but good here boy. but but as we know the internet gets what the internet wants and we're we're now gonna get this yep. bloody movie being released on hbo I, and 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 look, and I've I've tr- I've thought about this a lot, and I've I've tried to kind of joke around this. And there's obviously a lot of jokes that you could make around this. Of here we bloody go again, like it's actually yeah. happening. And and part of me, obviously, I'm going to watch this. Obviously, you're going to watch this. Obviously, yeah. everyone is going to watch this when it comes out. Yeah. But it it there's a there is a shocking precedent that's, that's oh, emerging it's from terrifying. This. I, I'm i'm dismayed you know i i think i've painted quite well that i'm very very interested in seeing in seeing zach's vision in just in that i liked batman versus superman and all that but that does not mean that i want the the hive mind Mm. to decide whether or not because you know what happened as soon as release the site hashtag release oh, the release snyder the cut, JJ cut. release the, the, the jj, JJ cut, cut. Yep. and i'm like no 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 no. we cannot set the precedent of the the hive fandom being able to just shout but and Alex, scream the and hive get is what right. they want the hive is right they're look at not, sonic the hedgehog just... sonic the hedgehog they were right they were right I know. Do you know what I mean? Sonic the Hedgehog is another example of this. They, they, they released the trailer. They hated it. The fans said, no, we want a different yeah. one. And then they went... I mean, it's, we'll it's the same one. problem on a much lesser scale because obviously they just they redesigned a CGI character, but it was the same movie. Mm. They just re- redesigned the CGI character. But, so but it's the, the same thing. That the pr- the principle is the same thing, but much, much further mm. further down the, down the scale. Whereas this is truly monumentous i was like there's no way i i firmly believed that zach had in his i i really i believe that it existed yeah i never for a mad for a second believed that we would ever see it no. and i never thought that we should no and just because of the backlash i've i thought we don't deserve to see it no we definitely don't this is we are the petulant child i mean i've not personally but we as a collective viewers are a petulant child who have screamed and screamed and screamed and our parents have given in but it's it but if you think about it of course because the movement was there we've said it ourselves there people were willing to pay for a billboard could you imagine how much they'd be willing to see this new movie yeah like it's money for old rope for them yeah yeah for a large part they don't care about the. they don't care about the legacy this makes why would they care they've no they they've no they have no responsibility to as an art yeah they have a responsibility to their shareholders yeah yeah, absolutely oh this is gonna make them so much money it's frightening yeah so much money is frightening because i mean they're essentially getting that you, what you're doing is you are promising because that movie justice league made a lot of money yeah, and yeah you're yeah. basically going remember that thing that made us a lot of money we're going to give you a better version of that yeah yeah and and people are going to be talking about this till the end of time yeah this has never happened before never we have never had oh we've had remakes of old movies where you just 
I'm talking about things like Clash of the Titans, right? Yeah, yeah, So yeah. we've had remakes all the time. This is not a remake. This is a alternate version of the same movie. Yeah. And that's kind of terrifying as a precedent. Yeah. Because what yeah. happens? Because what happens if like maybe maybe they take lessons from this, maybe studios take lessons from from this and they shoot like multiple multiple versions of movies multiple scripts just in one go just in case something doesn't stick and they're like oh well it's fine people see it the first time they didn't like it we've got so much material we'll just rehash it put a pr spin on it release it in a year year or two again and we'll just get the same money back again it's like printing money yeah, it is printing money, and I, and I think thank God Rise of Skywalker came out when it did. Yeah, because if it, if it, if if Rise of Skywalker was was supposed to be coming out this this Christmas instead of last Christmas, and it was released to the same, I mean, they would fans would have expected there to be multiple versions of this film. Yeah. No, I, believe you me, we've not heard the last of release the JJ cut. But but release the JJ cut. There there's the, the idea that there's the same level of unused scenes in films. It's not that they're not the same. There's no, not that it's not, same level. It, it's not the same, but the idiots aren't going to know that. No, the, 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 the idiots are just going to shout and throw their toys out the pram, um, exactly. like, like they did with this. Speaking of idiots just shouting, we've shouted a lot. We and have. We have to do a lot of editing in this mother. that's everything from us yeah now um we obviously have a few more things we want to talk about we'll put on the the to-do list for next moving yeah, forward yeah. moving forward i think we need to we need to the, the the heralding of moving forward needs to come back yeah, yeah. i think i think we, i think there should be a, a release the moving moving forward cut yeah, from our fans. Moving forward i think cut. i think i think from now on from now on what we're going to do is for each of our films we'll set a time limit for each of them so that we can give moving forward a nice bit of time because i like that yeah yeah it's although good. it's because there was something to talk about yeah yeah we did have we did have that but it was a good that's a good topic and uh, honestly the the whole the 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 one or the dc cinematic universe is a topic i love to talk about because yeah. it's fascinating it is fascinating. it really is fascinating it is it is in some ways more memorable than the mcu <laughs> generally though generally though MC, mcu just delivers and it I and work. I have absolute confidence in them, but D- DC well, is a. Speaking mm. of MCU just delivering, I think something's going to happen next week. That's what we're up to, isn't it? Yeah, back to, back to that old ironmonger that is the uh, the MCU. Oh yeah. Oh, that's next week. Is it? Yeah, it is next week. Yeah. Oh goodness. Oh, we'll get back to that one. Is it? It's just on the cusp, isn't it? It is on the cusp. Well. Yeah, we do it next week. We do it next yeah, week. We do it nice. Next week. <laughs> we'll be here phase, all week. Phase three, part one, coming phase your three, way. Part one, amazing. What do the uh, what do the listeners have to do next? Get yourself onto the Apple Podcast app. Give us a cheeky little five star rating if you wouldn't be so kind. Mm-hmm. And if you fancied writing a review, saying how much you love us, that'd be nice. Or if you we'd don't love that, yeah. If you we'd don't want to do that, it's fine. Tell us your favorite movie. Tell us your favorite movie score. Tell us your favorite pasta. I don't mind. What's Some... your favorite pasta? Uh, I like the little bow ties. I feel very formal when I eat. Nah, I think they look a bit silly. Well, that's, that's I like fine. I like the shells. Well, the shells are quite nice. Shell... Underrated. Shells are nice. Yeah. Shells with a bit of tuna is good. Tuna pasta with yeah, shells. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that is good. Oh, okay. I want some bloody tuna pasta now. Mm, I had tuna pasta yesterday. 
Did you actually? Yeah, I did. I made a tuna pasta bake. You are a tuna pasta bake kind of guy. Uh, yeah. Oh, no cheese though. What? Oh, What's wrong with like cheese? cheese? Cheese and tuna shouldn't mix. Oh. We'll do this off air. You're wrong. We'll do this off air. <laughs> no, I'm not. Yeah. Uh, you but, can also write in to the show at motionspod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Yep, we've we've got a, I've got a list of movies that are sort of to, starting to tot up from from the from the recommendations that you guys are sending in. So we've got a few that are on the way. Um, we've also got MCU next week, but I'm going to deliver a fan favorite. I think the week after that, which I'm I'm uh, I'm looking forward to. Ooh, and I know you're looking promises. forward to it as well. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, sounds good. Excellent. Yeah. Cool. Well. Uh, oh yeah, we're on Spotify. I always forget that. Oh yeah, yeah, we're on Spotify as well. Which. <laughs> And so is Joe Rogan now. That could have been a moving forward piece as yeah. well. Have you seen that one there? He's uh, now not, exclusively actually. with Spotify. So Spotify is the place to be for podcasts, My goodness. it seems now. My goodness. And we're exactly. there. Exactly. We are there too. We're there alongside Joe Robinson. Brilliant. <laughs> Excellent. See you later, everybody. All right, guys. Ta-ta.